Hello everyone, Mark here with a teaser of what's happening over on Patreon. Every month a new bonus episode is released on Patreon for members to show my appreciation of the support they are extending to the show. These bonus episodes have allowed me to head back through the series episodes where I take topics that were covered briefly and then explore them in a little more detail. These bonus episodes haven't taken anything away from my initial vision of the series, but have allowed me to supplement it with topics in isolation. This teaser is designed to give you an idea of the topics we cover and if these bonus episodes would be of interest to yourself. The teaser for the latest release will remain on the normal feed for a month and then replace with the teaser of the next bonus episode to come out. If you are interested in supporting the series, please consider heading over to the Casting Through Ancient Greece Patreon page, where you can get access to these bonus episodes plus other benefits. Hello all and welcome back to another bonus episode here on Patreon, and thank you all for supporting the series over here, it is greatly appreciated. Last month's bonus episode we began our look into the early histories of Sparta and Athens, that we'll be following along for the next few months. We are first turning to the origins that can be found through myth that would explain why these great ancient city-states would come into being. Then once we've explored both Athens and Sparta's tales in myth, we will continue with other elements of their early development. Last episode we started with Sparta's origins in the tale of the return of the Heraclidae. Here we saw the connection that was made to the hero Heracles, and then the following generations that would descend from him in an attempt in reclaiming their ancestral lands. For this episode, we are going to turn to Athens' origins, as found in the mythological record. This will see us exploring two layers of Athens' origin, one in the origins of the physical city and it becoming to be known as Athens, while the next layer would look to the development of Athens as a political entity and where the classical Athenians could look back to regarding their development as a great democratic power. This as we have seen has shown itself through historical figures as Athens moved through the archaic period, though for our purposes today we will be looking back further to a legendary figure in the same vein as Heracles, when it came to Sparta. For Athens this would be through the mythological hero of Theseus. The story would show Athens as an already established city, but the story of Theseus would help explain the characteristics that Athens would become famous for and also show its origins in the development of the political entity of the polis. The Acropolis of Athens is known to have been inhabited continually for some 5,000 years, and the mythological account would also support this long history. It is the account of this long history through myth that we'll be following. Remember, often space and time in this realm are not as they are in the world of history. Athens would begin by being ruled by kings, Though the region of Attica, and presumably the site of Athens before the flood of Deucalion, the ancient flood myth, very similar to the story of Noah in the Bible, were also ruled by kings. Though this appears to be in a time before Athens was known as Athens. For us today, our interest begins with the founding king Cercrops. To attempt to put this in some sort of historical context, we can turn to the historian Castor of Rhodes, who attempted to compile an Athenian king's list with dates. Though with myth, we need to be careful of accepting these with any certainty, as like I said, space and time are two different things in myth and reality. Castor would place Cercrops' rule in the middle of the Bronze Age, at 1556 BC, displacing it in Mycenaean times. Cercrops is often depicted as half man and from the waist down half serpent. He would also be described as being earthborn, this aligning with the notion of the Athenians being sprung from the earth. 
This seemingly to be connected to their long history in the region and connections to the indigenous populations before Mycenaean times. These indigenous people often referred to as Pelasgian. The name Cercrops also does not appear to be derived from the ancient Greek language, while the geographer Strabo also says it was not of Greek origin. This also suggests that this history remembered in the myth seems to draw back to an earlier period than that of the Mycenaean period, with it likely the name may have originated with these Pelasgian people in the region of Attica. Perhaps what this episode in Athens' origins is recording could be the transition of this indigenous culture into what would become known as a Mycenaean culture that would develop all across Greece. This is also further supported by Cercrops as being recognised as not just the founder of Athens, but also a cultural hero. This seeing him credited with the teaching of cultural practices of marriage, ceremonial burial, as well as reading and writing. All of these elements would also highlight a change in culture as recognised in Mycenaean culture as it emerged in Greece. So with a basic understanding of who Cercrops was, let's now turn to how Athens would end up being founded through its interactions with the gods, particularly that of Athena. During this early stage of mythology, the Greek gods would take a form of ownership over different cities, where they would then be worshipped by its inhabitants. Cercrops in most accounts is the figure that would be responsible for Athena becoming the protector of the city, and therefore giving her name to it. We need to keep in mind that when it comes to the tales and myth, we can usually find different accounts of the same stories, where some of the details change, though the core elements remain the same. Now we briefly covered this myth when we looked at Athens early on in the series, but we'll go back over it again to allow the myth to flow its course. Also this time around, see if you can perhaps see where the myth could be retaining events that may have taken place deep in Athens' past. Remembering this will be back to a time where the gods were not so much seen as human-like figures with superpowers, but were more seen as one with the natural world, rather being the personification of different elements. For example, Poseidon was the earthquake that took place, not the cause of it, while Aphrodite was the emotion of lust, rather than her sending it to a mortal. We hear that two gods would come to compete for patronage within the city that would become Athens. This would be between Athena, who was the daughter of Zeus, born fully formed from his forehead, being produced without a mother. She would be associated with the qualities of wisdom, handicraft and warfare, and would become to be the embodiment of the different elements that made up the polis. The other god vying for worship was that of Poseidon, Zeus's brother. He was seen to be associated with the sea, storms and earthquakes, with a number of seafaring islands worshipping him, looking for protection while at sea. Well, I hope you enjoyed that taste of what's happening over on Patreon. If you would like to support the series, please consider heading over to Patreon, where you can gain access to the full version of this episode, plus many more. Alternatively, you can head to the Casting Through Ancient Greece website and click on the Support the Series button, where you can discover many ways to extend your support to the show. Thank you everyone for listening to the series, and I hope you continue to enjoy what is to come in the future.